Hey guys, welcome back to Momhood Redeemed. I am here with my good friend Vanessa. Hey guys. And we are so excited that the weather is changing, at least where we live. And <laughs> it feels like fall. We're actually in Colorado. We are supposed to get a big snowstorm tomorrow. So it's going from a nice fall 50 degrees to a nice fall or winter, like 20 degrees. So it's definitely feeling a lot more like the holiday season here than it is fall. <laughs> it's not that cold here yet, but it definitely is cooler than I'm used to coming from Southern California. But I am so excited for the holidays. We love, my family just loves this time of year. Um, I feel like we have so many just sweet traditions that we've done as a family and ones that we're still trying to create and now ones that we get to recreate here in North Carolina. And my kids are already asking about everything and how many more days till this and how many more times are we (laughs) going to do this and do they have this here like we had in California? So Mm -hmm. we're super excited. But today we um, just wanted to talk about something that we think everybody has been, actually not we think, we know everybody Mm -hmm. has been faced with. Uh, learning at some point in their lives, if not continually, even today, uh, just contentment. And the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines contentment as the state of happiness and satisfaction. I think for most of us, this whole idea of contentment um, is just something that doesn't come natural to anybody. It all started back in the garden with Adam and Eve. They had this perfect garden. They had perfect bodies perfect relationship with each other, perfect fellowship with God, everything that they could have ever wanted or needed. But there was this seed of discontentment brewing in their hearts that what if there was more? What if God was truly withholding something even better from them? And even in our fallen nature and in our flesh, we are just people who are discontent. We want what we don't have and we strive after all these things that don't even have any lasting value because They bring us maybe a moment of temporary joy or a season of joy. Um, And then it fades. You know, we want to go on all these vacations or we want the nicest clothes or if we just could make a little bit more money, Mm. um, if we could have just this many more followers on Instagram or Facebook or, you know, if, if the comments were different or how many likes we get on a picture or how many friends we have or what our relationships are like or if our spouse was this way or whatever it is, the list goes on. I feel like we are just never satisfied with what we have in life Mm -hmm. um, or the circumstances that we've been given from the Lord. We're always just wanting more or thinking, hey, the grass must be greener on the other side. Um, But in Philippians 2, God promises us that he's going to equip us to be content. He is going to enable us to find contentment in whatever our circumstances or situations in our life might be, whether they're temporary or maybe lifelong. But, you know, our joy, hope, and satisfaction, we know is found in him, or it should be, and in him alone. And the good news is that our contentment has an end. C.S. Lewis once said, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can ever satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Mm -hmm. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pleasure, pleasures were never even meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it to suggest the real thing. And it's so true. 
we were made for something so much more than this world has to offer. So that means no relationship, no thing, nothing is ever going to bring us true, full, lasting contentment because we were made for Christ. Assuming that you trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and all his promises to you, even eternal life, a day is coming when this restless discontentment that we experience is going to be eradicated and there's not going to be any striving or seeking for contentment in anything else other than God. Mm-hmm. We're going to fully enjoy all things because of God and only for him. Um, I was reminded when thinking about this, just of Exodus and specifically in Exodus 17, uh, when Moses is leading the Israelites in the wilderness. And, you know, this was shortly after they had just been rescued and freed from slavery in Egypt for years And they had seen the Lord do these amazing miracles, like splitting the Red Sea in half in front of their eyes. And yet they still carried on with this heart of discontentment, grumbling and complaining, um, coming to Moses, constantly asking him for things and where's God. And I just see myself in that. And just how often do we do the same? God has put this desire for heaven and eternity on our souls. And we long for the day, you know, when this sick and fallen and sinful cursed body and world that we live in is just going to be done away with. We're all going to be made new and with Christ in this new earth in the ideal and how it's meant to be. And I know we all so badly just want to be free from suffering and pain that we feel the sight of heaven. We want to stop seeing it. We want to stop hearing about all the pain around us Mm -hmm. or feeling in our own lives. We want sin to be done away with in our own lives. And gosh, we just long to be less impatient. We want to be more kind. We want to be more loving. We want to stop worrying. We just want to be more like Christ. And dear sisters, we assure you that that day is coming when everything Mm -hmm. is going to be made new when we are going to be with Christ and made like him. But until then, he is calling us just like he did the Israelites when they were walking in the wilderness for years and years to be content. Paul mm-hmm. said in Philippians 4.11, not that I am speaking of being in need for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Can we say that like Paul, that we we have learned to be content. I would love to be able to say, well, I have finally <laughs> learned to be content in whatever situation I am in. Um, but I truly believe that, you know, we can strive towards that and God can give us that. He can bring us to a place of saying, you know what? I am content. I am satisfied with what God has given me. Uh, Burke Parsons said, But now we look through a glass darkly as we eagerly await the glorious dwelling places Christ is preparing for us in the new heavens and the new earth where righteousness dwells. That's from 2 Peter 3.13. Although we will always long for heaven, God calls us to be content in whatever situation we find ourselves by his sovereign providence. He calls us to keep our lives free from the love of money and to be content with what we have. He not only tells us to be content, but also graciously gives us the reason to be content by reminding us of his promise. that He's never going to leave us or forsake us. This is the foundation for true and lasting contentment. 
It is precisely because the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. But if he is not your shepherd, you can expect not to be content. True contentment isn't circumstantial, it's relational. It's not based on what happens to us. Rather, it is based on who has taken hold of us, the one who dwells within us. If our contentment was based merely on what we have, we're always going to desire more. But when it's based on who we are in Christ, we will first and foremost desire to know him more. For if we are to find contentment in all things, we have to seek contentment in the only one who can fulfill all of our desires, Jesus Christ. United to Christ, we grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ and thus grow more and more desirous of what Christ wants and less and less desirous of what Christ hates. When we grow in grace, the Holy Spirit doesn't put an end to our desires. On the contrary, he renews our minds and transforms our desires to conform them to God's desires for us. In essence, contentment is wanting what God wants for us and what he wants for us in him. This is why the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. We most glorify God when we most enjoy Oh, I love that. I love that so much. It's so true. It's We, we need to be praying that the Lord would um, just give us that contentment and we need to pray for his will to change our hearts towards what he wants. And I feel like that's that's definitely where the contentment comes from. So what is the secret to this kind of contentment that Paul wrote about and had found in his own life? Well, the secret is simple and it's found in Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust God with all your heart. It is the sweet childlike trust that doesn't worry, doesn't want, but waits and believes in the one who's holding it all together, who's taking care of the details and who loves you so, so deeply. And it might sound too simple, right? But it's exactly what God so desires of. It's what he desires of desired of the Israelites in the wilderness. He wanted them to trust him, to have faith in the God whom they had not seen, but in whom had proven himself over and over again, just like he has in our lives. If we look back, um, he wanted them to remember who he was and who they were and that he was in control of all of it, working out his plans and purposes. And he wants the same for us in the valleys. He wants us to trust him and depend on him and just as much on the mountaintops in the small things and the big things. He wants us to trust him because in that there is peace. Mm -hmm. So when we choose to be discontent with our lot or season or, you know, whatever was going on, we're really saying, God, I don't trust you. And when we say that our hearts become distant from him. Although we are his children, there is a break in that sweet fellowship that we're privileged to have with him when we are walking in disobedience. Living in a state of discontentment really hurts our relationship with him. So here, think about Adam and Eve when they became discontent and chose to disobey God to try and find joy, satisfaction, or contentment in something other than him. They destroyed that sweet, perfect relationship they had their father. And John Bloom said, the story of redemptive history, culminating in Jesus's incarnation, death and resurrection, is God undoing the catastrophe of the garden and restoring sinful humans to holiness 
and once again, trusting in him with all their heart. No matter who we are, no matter what our gifts and abilities, no matter what our background, it all really does come down to trusting God with all our heart. If we trust him, our hearts will not be simply troubled. And trusting is simple, but it is by no means easy. So I believe a lot of you guys know that my youngest son was diagnosed with arthritis at just 18 months old. Um, He's been on, he's five now, uh, but he's been almost five and a half on three separate years of chemo that has helped with, um, you know, taking his immunity away to stop the arthritis from attacking his legs. Um, But he's also been dealing with pain and um, not being able to walk off and on for the last four years. And praise the Lord right now, he is doing so good. Um, But the Lord is used our little guy to change our hearts and open our eyes to what contentment truly looks like in the middle of the testing and pokes and prods and medication that just was awful. Um, you guys, he was full of joy and contentment. It's very hard to feel content with a chronically sick child, but the Lord is so good to give us practical glimpses as to how that can be done in our sweet boy. Over the last four years, as he's continued to have flare after flare, the Lord catches our stinking hearts and has truly given us contentment in the sickness during it. Um, it's It's been so hard, but we see the Lord using every single minute of this for his glory and focusing on the Lord, trusting him and his will is so much better than ours and surrendering our our son to him has really led to true contentment in Christ. Yes. Um, I, I think that you guys are such a good example of that lifelong contentment that, that God just calls us to when we're faced with something in life that isn't just maybe a season, but a lifelong, Mm -hmm. you know, thorn in the flesh Mm -hmm. that God's calling us to, to persevere through and just trust him through. So how can we practically practice this habit of contentment in our lives? Because that truly is what it is. You know, Paul said that he had learned to be content. Um, You know, it didn't just magically come to him because it's a practice. It's a habit of contentment in our lives. Um, So that when, you know, whether we're on the valley or in the valley of a trial and suffering or life's going great and we're on top of the mountain, Mm -hmm. we can say it is well with my soul. Um, like Lauren said, you know, having faith, trusting God isn't easy. It's a simple thing, but it isn't easy. It's supernatural. Matthew seven fourteen says, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. This proves to us that trusting God and his ways and his plans is not the easy route. It's not, you know, it's not the daisies and roses or even the simple choice. It's an act of divine intervention. John Bloom went on in that same article to say it's hard because we're called to trust Jesus demonstrated by our obeying Jesus in a world that is under the power of the evil one that rejects and hates Jesus while we're living in a body of death that has faithless impulses. But we have to remember Mm -hmm. that every time we're called to trust Jesus's promises over our perceptions and the devil's deceptions, we reenact what happened in Eden. And every time we exercise trust, and trust Jesus by obeying what he says, it's a smack in the enemy's lying mouth. 
We don't need to understand, you know, the why to everything that God has called us to do. We just trust it because he's God and therefore we need to obey him. And he's glorified, you know, when we're tempted and we don't understand why things are going the way they are or the season that we're in or the trial that we're in or the lot we've been given life. But when we trust and obey him, we do it because we trust God and our reason is God. So how do we do it? First, we have to make a habit of choosing to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and in turn fulfilling our minds with truth. You know, whether it's the smallest thing that we're discontent with that, you know, you didn't get enough sleep last night or the house is a disaster or, you know, whatever to stop in that very moment when we're tempted to be content and to replace those thoughts with truth, to remind ourselves of who God is, of the blessings he's given us, of how thankful we are for Mm -hmm. so many things. You know, when we're worried, we need to stop right there, you know, right when those thoughts come into our mind. Just stop them and replace them with truth. When we're tempted to complain, we need to stop our mouths and remember the goodness of God and be thankful. When we're confused about the future, we need to stop and just cast our cares upon him, knowing that he cares for us. And we need to make a habit of choosing to speak truth to ourselves. We have to preach the gospel to ourselves every single day. The Mm -hmm. psalmist is such a good example of that. He would speak to his soul. And just preach the promises of God's word to our forgetting hearts, because that's really what we are. We're big forgetters. We forget Mm -hmm. God's faithfulness. And we need to fill our minds with truth so that when we're tempted to be discontent, we can remember that he's been good all the time and he always will be. And Mm -hmm. lastly, we just need to make a habit of praying and asking the spirit to give us the supernatural ability to trust God in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Because again, at the end of the day, it is something that only God can enable us to do. Um, in the article that Lauren and I have quoted from, he just mentioned a few things about how trusting God and being content is the secret to so many things. And we'll have to link this article for you, but just some of them mm-hmm. is trusting God is the secret to forgiving those who have sinned against you. Trusting God is the secret to not allowing material abundance to choke the word in us, to rejoicing even when we're sad to have boldness in the face of fearful threats, to have peace Mm -hmm. when we're facing pressure trials, to find joy even when we're enduring affliction and illness, to hope when all our soul gives way, to be gracious and patient under pressured labors, to bless those who persecute us, to overcome discouragement, to not allow indwelling sin to reign over or condemn us, Mm -hmm. to love others. And the list just goes on. And the secret is just to trust God because it is the only way. Oh, I love that. And yeah, we'll definitely link those because this list is, is just so good. Um, so we also do need to note, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that contentment doesn't mean that you do not experience, experience worldly sorrows. If your child is diagnosed with cancer, your friend suffers a miscarriage or your husband loses his job. Being content doesn't mean you're without tears and hurt and sorrow. Those are all natural human responses to a sin-cursed world that we live in. And remember, Jesus wept when Mary and Martha lost Lazarus, even though he knew he was going to raise him back again. He empathized them and he wept. And contentment rather means that you can say in the midst of those terrible tragedies or even just the irritations of our day, 
I trust you, Lord. I trust your plan. Even though I don't understand what you're doing. I know who you are. I know that your ways are higher than mine and that you have purpose in all of this. Remember, contentment's an attitude of the heart. And often our discontentment is not related to some trial we're facing, but rather because we desire something more than Jesus to satisfy us. I deal with this on a daily basis. And if only, you know, I had this, or if only I could do this better, or my kids would do this, or my husband would do this. You guys fill in the blank. There's just so many different things I'm sure we can think of. But can you say, Jesus, you are all that I need and all that I want? Cody Pickney says, as long as we are in this world, we face temptations to find worth elsewhere. So pray, Father, use the truth of your word to channel my desire toward you today. Enable me to fight the fight of faith to find contentment in you alone today. I desire to, for there is no lasting joy, no genuine security, no true identity apart from him. We are created to delight in him and nothing else will satisfy. To reject him is to reject your very purpose and will be the destruction of your joy. So come to Christ for cleansing, confess your rebellion. You're seeking contentment elsewhere. He promises acceptance indeed. He promises that he's been the one drawing you all along. So repent, come to him and find true contentment in him. My people shall be satisfied with my goodness. May that be true in each one of us. Amen and amen. (laughs) So good and so convicting for both of us too. And we just pray that it's been such an encouragement to you guys today. So thanks so much for listening. We look forward to continuing on this journey with you all as we seek to redeem mommyhood every day for God's glory through the power of the gospel.